Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. morning, Andrew. Did you watch the game last night? The game last night. Okay, now hang, hang on a second. It's only hang one on. game last night. Tennis match? Honestly. What? On, honestly, what? What do you mean, what? What game are you talking about? Did you not there a, watch? Was there an exhibition Sabres game or something? Or a did hockey you not game watch or? Kansas City play uh, Detroit Lions? Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Red Wings? Kansas City Scouts. No, I didn't watch the game. So you, last. so you didn't watch it. Wow. Well, first first game of the year. Didn't watch it. Okay. Means nothing to me. Why? Um, it was only the first game of the year, and um it was awesome to have NFL football back. And holy jumping, I'm gonna tell you right now. Okay, I don't would don't tell give... me who won. Don't tell me who won. You said the Lions played. The Lions played. I hope in to God Kansas the City. Lions won. And I love the Lions. I love the Detroit Lions. I love their coach, Campbell. He they were all featured on Hard Knocks last year. Did they win? What do you think? Um uh, it was guess. in Kansas City, Petey. Patrick Mahomes. Patty Trevor Holmes. Trevor, Patty Holmes. Cam- Trevor Kelly. Oh come on, man! Who's the, really? Who's the, who's the receiver? Travis the Kelsey? Big... Are you Travis kidding Kelsey. me right now? Kelsey's. I got anyway. Kelsey's restaurant. Detroit won. Did they really? Detroit won. Fucking right, boys. Yeah. Oh, what you know, a great. He... What a great victory for the Lions. Because oh, the last couple awesome. years they have been horrendous in starting their seasons, like horrendous. Last year, I think they were one and six in the first seven games. Um, the year before that, I think there were eight, no, or something like that. It was really, really tough starts for oh, and eight Lions. would make more sense. Oh, and eight, yeah. Sorry, did that Hutchinson kid play? He did, absolute is freak. He is he good? Yeah, he's how he's do you know born, about him? You don't know anything about football. Hard knocks, man. The Hutchinson's born and bred in Michigan. He grew up, went to Michigan University, I believe. Then he was drafted by the Lions second overall, I think, and signed some ridiculous contract. They featured the family, if I 
nice looking yeah. family, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they were showing the the family, the parents in the stands. The dad is 100% into it. Apparently, he was quite a football player himself in his day. Um, very involved with the game. The mother, on the other hand, um, seemed to have some, uh, you know, some issues watching, you know, emotionally. And it was just fun to watch. You know, the dad is just dialed in and the mother's kind of like on her phone and just nervous as all hell. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, it's amazing that you brought him up because he was a game changer, man. He was, he good. Really? He was absolutely brilliant last uh, night watching him play. They game were excited about him player. when they, when they drafted him. I Again, that's yeah. that you got to credit hard knocks for all yeah. that, but I love I'll that. The coaches, the coach to me is awesome. He's a former player, won a super bowl with the saints, played a long time. Dan Campbell, is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah he's man. Incredible is he, shape. He should be playing now in the league. He is guy just is, an absolute beast. But he's the night. He seems like the nicest guy in the world. Like he seems like a coach that I want to would want to play for. How many fantasy teams do you have? Six. You have six fantasy teams. Six. And what I've realized over the years, as I've gained more leagues. I love fantasy football. I will say this, that what I have learned is not to flip back and forth from league to league, to league, to league, to see how you're doing. Because ultimately when you have six leagues, you have all the players in the league pretty much because you're drafting on who is the best player available and maybe a position later on. But I have players that were on the other on both teams last night. So I'm cheering for basically both of them. And it's like, at the end of the day, I don't really give a shit. I just love watching. I love to see where my teams end up. And, uh, it was a fun game to watch last night. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy for, uh, Detroit lions. Great, great first win. Great morale boost for that team. I think they're going to be pretty dynamic with that offense that they have. And, Man, on defense, they look pretty damn good too. So, you sent me an article the other day about uh, Travis. Well, can I before we oh, go yeah. there? I, I I wanted to bring up. I I wanted to stay on football for a little bit longer. A different conversation, but it basically goes back to what we were talking about yesterday with you know market setters and being market setters. And we're talking about Rasmus Dahlin being a market setter in his range of players. And we also talked about Owen Power being a market setter for an maybe an entry level, coming out of an entry level contract type player. Well, Joe Burrow is the highest paid NFL player in the history of the game. He just signed a, a five-year deal for $275 million. 219 of that is guaranteed. So his is is uh, annual value of the contract is fifty five million a year. Do you know who's number two? Patrick Mahomes. You won't. You won't. No. no. In the Patrick league or quarterbacks? In in quarterbacks, they're all the highest paid guys. Okay. Okay. Who's number two? Yes. Just signed. Just signed a deal a month ago. Not a month Aaron and a half Rob. ago. Not, oh, not Derek Carr. Justin Herbert. The fuck is that? Okay, good one. Uh, he signed a five-year deal for two hundred and sixty-two million, two hundred and eighteen point seven. Oh, he's the guy from the. He's the guy from the. Clippers. He, the, the he, LA. L.A. Clippers. That's what you Chargers. said. Clippers. Chargers. Chargers. By. I was going to say the team with the lightning yep. bolt on the side of their head. Yeah, Lamar Jackson held out for quite some time. But signed a deal a couple months ago, five-year deal, $260 million, 185 guaranteed. Where does he play? Baltimore. Then you have Jalen Hurts. Just signed a deal. I know who he is. He's the quarterback of Baltimore. $255 million. Didn't he roll the dice last year and play on the last year of his deal without an extension? No, that was, uh, that was Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. But what I'm saying here, what, what, what I'm getting at is Jalen Hurts, then Lamar Jackson, then it was Justin Herbert, and then it's Joe Burrow, and they're all their agents are all about being market setters. 
So right now, when I go all the way down the list, Josh Allen sits at the ninth highest paid quarterback. Ninth. Patrick Mahomes sits number eight. These are two of the best quarterbacks in the game that signed contracts, you know, two, two years ago, three years ago. And now you have, you know, Josh Allen, whose annual value is $43 million, which is a lot of money. But you look at, you know, a year, two years later, you have Joe Burrow is making 55 million because they're always pushing the envelope. That's what I was talking about. Isn't Joe other day. Burrow hurt too? He is not. He injured. He, he had uh, an ankle sprain. Um, like first, second in, day of training in camp. camp yeah. Yep, that's right. And he is supposed to be playing in in uh, week one. But my whole point is about the market setters. Rasmus Dahlin's agent is wanting to set a market. Those agencies are constantly, constantly pushing towards setting new boundaries for player contracts. There is going to be a player that is in the same category as Rasmus Dahlin. I don't know who that, maybe it's going to be the Hughes kid that we talked about the other day. A couple years in the league, he's going to want a new contract. He is going to sign for more than what Owen Power gets in his entry after his entry level deal. Right now, the market, the bar has been set by Kale McCarr, signed a, a six year deal for nine million. Someone is going to break that bar. I don't know who it's going to be, but someone will continue to push. And that's that's why these these uh man, I mean, the money that's being thrown around right now for Greg, I for don't know how players, they do it. I don't know how it would go over with the players in the in the association, but the league and the teams need to fight for a cap that max that gives a max salary to players in their positions and and just in the league. Like you shouldn't be able to make more than a certain player. I don't care who you are. What? That is the most ridiculous thing that I've heard and come out of your mouth in a very long a time. A you're very speaking. unpopular opinion coming Amongst from the players, NHLPA. That's what I mean. But I'm not with the PA anymore. I've seen I see the game a little bit or a lot differently. And if you think about it for a second, Craig, we sit here and we talk about these contracts all the time about signing guys and what are they going to get and term and all this. And every time we try to make it as team friendly as possible, we don't favor the player. I don't sit here and go, I hope Rasmus Dahlin absolutely fucking skulls the Sabres in this negotiation and gets 11.5. Because when we're in the locker room, like we would sit there and be like, oh my God, I hope Danny B absolutely torches them in fucking arbitration. Fuck them for not signing him. When they got five million and the team was rattled, they fucking deserved it. When Thomas Vanek got his offer sheet, all I'm saying is, we're talking back at that time. I'm not talking, our, I don't all, care. I'm talking about the mindset setters. of the players, Craig. I'm talking about the mindset of the players on the t- on teams. Like you don't think the the guys on the on the where does Joe Burrow play? Cincinnati. Yes, he's Cincinnati. Okay. Yes. So you don't think the guys on Cincinnati are like. Fucking right, Joe. Yeah. They're absolutely doing that. Because as players, we want our peers to make more, do more, get more, get as much as they can. But when you look at it from the standpoint of a management side of things, and you look at it now more from building a team versus versus being a player signing a contract, I don't know if you realize that, but it's true. You sit here, you do your rosters, you sent me one the other day, a whole new fucking lineup for the Sabres with Travis Konechny in it, right? And yep. you and you and you have all these and you have all these wishful thinking contracts beside it. But you know what? If the players saw that, they'd be like, "Really, Craig? You think I'm only fucking worth that?" So that's why I say it that way. I'm not saying it from the standpoint of the players. I'm saying it from the standpoint of somebody who wants to keep. The players a escrow down and b make teams more competitive as the salary cap goes up. I need you 
I think it's fucking brutal that uh, that Austin Matthews makes more than Connor McDavid. I think it's unbelievable that Rasmus Dahlin. You think fucking? You think people? I are think it's unbelievable. Joe Burrow's making more than Patrick Mahomes. I don't care about football. I'm talking oh, about hockey. It's the same goddamn thing, man. Football's a different monster. Don't sidetrack my points. I think it's wrong that if Rasmus Dahlin, who is nowhere near Kale McCarr, is going to make more than he is. I think it's unbelievable that Austin Matthews, who will never be Connor McDavid, makes more than Connor McDavid. Nathan McKinnon, I can get there with Nathan McKinnon. I think Nathan McKinnon is right there with Connor McDavid. I think he's right there. So I think Kale McCarr is by far. Who set is, the market? Who set the market for I don't give a fuck. If, that's what I'm saying to you. Who set I don't the market care about setting guys? the fucking market. I don't care about setting the market. I don't care about these agents setting the market. I don't care about setting the market. I don't. That's sports, man. He is a $9 million defenseman in the NHL. And, and to be honest with you, he might be an $8.5, $8.75 million defenseman. What's Drew, what, what is Drew Doughty? Well, Drew... <laughs> Drew Doughty won two cups. Drew Doughty, he's, that deal was, that's a bad example because that's a bad contract. It's a bad timing of a deal. Is it a bad contract? When he signed it, it was a bad contract? He was worth it, but uh, but he, not at his age. Not Dougie Hamilton age worth 9.5? Probably not. What about Darnell Nurse? Is he worth 9.25? Nope. Zach Rorensky worth 9.6? Yes. Is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hasn't fucking played in a year and a half guy takes a slap shot in the face for his fucking team and comes back to play i will absolutely great. pay him great oh that's something that you would normally praise but because it doesn't suit your argument you won't you won't insert it seth jones worth his nine five i can i i can keep going here i can keep going on 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 players that are that I are don't... making a lot of money these there's there's market setters that's what I talked about yesterday. There's market setters. You may not like that, but that's how that's how you continue to let me move and make more money for the players. Are the market setters the market? Setters I think it's amazing that in, in a time where they're still paying back escrow, and after three years, the cap was still only go up one million, and we're and we're sitting here talking about needing market setters. Players complain about escrow all the time. Why do we have to pay escrow? Why do take less money? Take less money because the more fucking money you take, guess what? The guy making the league minimum has to pay the same amount of escrow that you do. So right. don't fucking say that you're 12, but you're, you're, you're so 12% what you're off about, your 10 million is the same to you as 12% off the guy. What's the league minimum now? 700. Probably. Yeah. 750. Okay. Maybe let's, let's say 750, but you're, so what you're worried about is the, uh, lowest paid player in the league that is getting, the same escrow. Well, when it comes to as it pertains to escrow, yes, yes. So if you want to make that sound like that is the whole point of my argument is just looking out for the little guy's escrow, you can do that. But that's not what I'm doing. I just use that as another small example. Well, what are, what are you doing then? These guys squeeze every fucking nickel out of. So, so I apologize. Darlene's not worth ten point five, but I will I will absolutely say that it's a good contract because we have to. Because we have to be happy because the cap's going up. We have to look at these numbers and manufacture the happiness. 10.5 fucking million. For a couple Ra- years I slept ago. on this when... two nights, and I'm like, 10.5 million for a fucking couple years ago. Great guy, great player, 9.5. couple years and Owen ago, Power? Kale McCarr signed a contract that at the time was really good for the team and really good for the player. Three years into that contract, he is grossly, I shouldn't say grossly in bad term, but he is definitely underpaid for what he what he's getting paid right now. He made the choice to to sign a six year deal for nine million. At the time, it was a hell of a contract, hell of a contract. But as the salary cap goes up, as the league wide revenue goes up, as the owners are making more money. And and the leagues, the league becomes more profitable. There's more money in the kitty to spend on players. The the league is about the players. The league is about the players. 
and you're going to continue to move and push that. Okay, the league is about the fans. Up. No, There's the league my, is about the players. The league is about the fans. No, it's not. The players provide the entertainment. No, no, no. no without no. the players, you don't. There have is the game. no fucking league without the players. No, no, you're wrong. You There's can no have fucking, a league. There's no fucking have the league. Fans There's no the fucking league fans. without. There's no fucking league without the owners, man. There's no league without the owners. Listen, I'm sorry. There's no league without the players. Okay. There's no league. The There's no league without the owners. If we all can the... spin our tires here, okay, we're spinning our tires in in, in mud. There's no, there's no league without the fans. There's no league without the players, and there's no league without the owners. Okay, so, so my, we, I guess we can agree to disagree on on this today. I, um, I hope I haven't wasted your time. Because uh, it's just, I just feel, I just feel it's it's only- crazy that your your opinions coming from an an NHLPA uh, representative that our sole being in in continuing. To you know, Danny That's not Gare, true. Danny I heard Gare, for years. listen to me. I heard Hold for... on. Danny Gare back in the day was getting paid good money at his time. Back back when he played. Okay. He no, looks at the players today. He looks at the players today. He's probably beside himself. But it was from the players before these players of today, the generations that continued to push the needle forward for revenue to go up and skyrocket and also for players to make more money. If you have more revenue, players will make more money. So back five years ago, six years ago, when the league-wide revenue was $3 billion, there was a cap and a certain amount of money to spend on players. Now you're looking at five and a half billion dollars in year 2023, 24. The salary cap is at a certain position. Yes, they're playing escrow, but that was because of the pandemic and, and the, the damage that was done there. That's, that's something that you can't, you can't, you know, change. And they're, they're going to deal with that. But right now the players are getting paid the proper amounts of money because of the league-wide revenue that they're bringing in. And it's going to continue to go. We just talked about this the other day. In three to four years from now, they're projecting that $83.5 million salary cap to go to $92, $93 million. That's in, that's in four years from now. So, so my question is, are the guys that are making money now in four years from now there's there's not supposed to be guys that set another bar because the the league wide revenue is even higher, or are they just we're all going to sign contracts under Connor McDavid? I don't know, but the best defenseman in the NHL is not is Kale McCarr at nine million dollar AAV. And how and, many guys in the league make more money than the best defenseman in the league? Seems like a lot. Lots. Yeah, seems like a Lots. lot. Yeah. Why is that? I know why. Thank you very much. Ask me in your condescending tone again. No, I, I want you to explain to me why there's 10 defensemen in the, in the NHL that make more than the best player in the league. When they signed. I'm not, I mean, I don't know if that's true to be the case. Did Kale McCarr sign before Seth Jones? Did Kale, I mean, this isn't Seth Jones' second contract. That's for sure. Maybe Darnell Nurse went from an entry level to 9.5. Maybe. Don't remember him getting a bridge deal, but he might have somewhere in there. I don't think Doug Hamilton. uh, I have a really hard time calling him Dougie. Dougie. Doug Hamilton. Well, Seth Jones had a a bridge deal out of his entry level deal. Yes, he did. Then he had a bridge deal for six years that paid him 5.4. That was back in 2000. 16 17 when he signed the deal okay so back in 2016 the league-wide revenue was far so different in than theory what it is today it's in almost theory double. what did kale mccarr sign five years six years six years six years so in theory this is a kind of a, a bridge deal in a way it's kind of what like what Hedman did but the only difference is he's making a lot more than Hedman did i think Hedman signed a five-year deal for like 5.75 or something between his entry level deal and this deal that he's on now for like seven point five or seven. Yeah, he makes 7. seven he makes seven point eight. He know he knew 
um, Victor Hedman knew where he was at in his game, that he knew that he would, he, he could make more money. He knew that he could be a mar- market uh, setter. He chose not to do that. He signed an eight-year deal for $7.875 million a year. He could have nailed it out of the park. He could have been a 10-plus million-dollar player. He chose not to. Why? Why did he choose not to in Tampa Bay? Uh, well, number one, he's probably getting a break on the taxes, and two, he wanted to have That's an option. Massive. Yeah. Like massive, so, he could have went and signed in for the Buffalo Sabers in New York and signed for ten and a half million, and it's the same as as him making seven point eight seven. Well, that's that's it's what just everyone, like Steve Stamkos. Well, it's what everyone was saying with Bob Rovsky. Like, why the hell did Bob Rovsky get so much money in Florida? Playing in Florida, it's a and stupid is, contract signed by them. They could have signed him to like eight point five or nine. That's right, and, you know. And instead, they get they paid him the whole ten. <laughs> It's, he how, wasn't even how many 10. how many goaltenders were making ten million dollars at the time? I think he was the first. Carey Price. Oh, Carey well, okay. Price was making ten and a half million dollars, and Bobrovsky went and signed a contract in Florida, which has an insane tax break. So it's like him making twelve and a half. Yeah, in New yes. York, it that was a stupid contract, and they're regretting it now. They are regretting it. Florida well, he earned it last year in the playoffs. Themselves. He earned it last year in oh, the playoffs. Great. I mean, he's been there for five years, and he's just now like he was a freaking uh, backup to uh, some of those goaltenders that were playing. He wasn't even the guy that got them in the playoffs. Was playing over him, yes. The last fifteen games of the season, they played that lion kid. Yeah, because well, Spencer, Knight, Spencer Knight had to take a leave, so he's so then Lion comes in, and it's Lion and Bobrovsky. But okay, uh, there's another point I wanted to make to this. And I don't begrudge them for it, but it's just, it's something I learned being in the NHLPA and being in those meetings. And every year when it came time to vote on the salary cap, players never cared about the escrow. They wanted to continue to drive the salary cap floor up and make the owners spend more. They wanted them. Well, the owners want to spend spend more. Let's the the owners want to, not all of them, not all of them. You know that as well as I do. There are a, there are a handful of teams that are just licking their chops to spend to the spend to the hilt, but then there are some that are kind of like, "Whoa, slow down there, daddy." Yeah, it's it's the whole reason why the salary cap is is implemented into the collective bargaining agreement is because teams like Philadelphia and New York and Toronto Maple Leafs and all of the big market. Co- all of the big bar- market teams back in the day, they just went and signed the best top end unrestricted free agents, paid them an ungodly amount of money back, back 15 years ago, back 15 years ago, Toronto Maple Leafs had a, had a, or the, uh, the New York Rangers had a salary cap that was up around 90 million. 15. That was, that was more than that, but it was like, in, it was before the, it was before the first lockout, yeah. you know, well, yeah. the first it was like 20 years ago, it, it they was, were, like their salary my cap was like dad, 90 plus million when, you know, Buffalo Sabres was, was 26. My friend's dad was a scout for the Rangers. And he said that the owner, whoever it was, is it Dolan or who? I don't know, whoever it was at the time, walked into the meeting with the GM and all these guys walked in and he wrote a number down on the board. He said, this is what you have to spend this year. And this is back in like 1999, 2000, 2001. They went out and signed, I believe they signed Casparitis. And Bobby Holik yep. to two yep. absolutely ridiculous contracts. Yarmir Yager. Yager and maybe they went and signed was... Stefan Quintel, a, a defenseman that was on the uh, Montreal Canadiens. They went and signed a whole bunch of guys. They and brought in Lindros at un- one point. Go- yes. Brendan Shanahan. Amount of money. And they was they were the guy wrote down like ninety million dollars. This is back in like two thousand. This is before the salary cap went yes. from. To well, from no cap to like forty. So that's what I'm saying. The league is ten times better. The parity in this league is ten times better. Like you, you have uh, the Hurricanes. You know they sit, uh, you know, like twelfth or thirteenth lowest cap in the league, but they're they're arguably one of the top two or three teams in the NHL. Um, there's there's. It also pushes it, it it what I like about the cap 
is it prohibits those top teams that have an ungodly amount of money to go and just do what they want. There is a cap to what they do. I also, which is probably more important than the top guys, is there's teams in this league that if they could spend $5 million on their cap, they would. Well, everything. Because they, they they're cheap. They do not want to spend money. Um, it is not about winning. It's just about maybe, a, you know, the, the team in the NHL is about write-offs and uh, trying to just, you know, maybe gain money through the um, expansion of the, the, the team in the league. But I love how there's, there was a lower limit. There was a floor that those bottom teams had to be above or they would be penalized. I think the league has never looked better. There's players that are in this league right now that make an ungodly amount of money and I'm happy for them. I'm happy that I was a part in my time to, you know, set markets in, in my situation or, or just put this game to where it is now. I think the game has never looked better, never looked better. And, and, and I liked a more physical game back in the day, but when I watch today's game, it is so much more skilled. It's so much better and soothing to the eye to watch this skill set of these young men play nowadays is truly incredible. And I love the game. I love the game. I love the game without the fighting. I still like a fight in the NHL. I still like the aggressive part of it where you're sticking up for teammates, but that, that awful part of this league is now out of it. And now we have the most skilled players on the universe playing in this league. And it's exciting to watch. Hey, Andy, ever been in a car crash? Actually, you know what? I know you have, because you're a terrible driver. You say that. But what would you do if you were in a car crash? I'd call my friends at Selena Law, 800-555-5555. Pretty easy number to remember. So transition now from player mindset to GM mindset, okay? Because you have the ability to go both ways on that one. So you just fought for the players and making more money. Now you sent me a a, a Sabres roster the other day which was shocking in two reasons. One, uh, it's in your text messages if you want to go back and find it because I know you're looking for it right now. I can see you looking around your desk. Where, oh where do they put it? I'm not what, did, what did I do? I'm not prepared for this. I'm not prepared for this. Um, And you broke up the top line and you brought in Travis Konechny. Well, so, I, I read an article. I, I read an article um, that Travis, uh, and this came from the fly, uh, like a flyer's link. That Travis Konechny is, um, his name's been out there mentioned in some trade talk. And apparently there's two teams that are very interested in Travis Konechny. And I'm going to tell you right away, I, I, I talked about Travis Konechny two years ago. We, we talked about Travis Konechny two years ago. The style of player that he is and what he brings each and every game is exactly what the Sabres need. Not only, not only is he a player, not only is he a player that you can score goals and create offensively. He's a physical player that has some jam to him. Philadelphia Flyers are going in a different direction. Uh, I think Philadelphia and Danny Briere and his mindset is going to be very much like when a GM comes in and he's got a shitball hockey team, you look at what he's done already. He's moving out key pieces to that team from that team. He, he already traded uh, Provorov, one of the top defensemen. He's starting to dismantle a team, and he's going to start to build his vision and philosophy, and it's going to start through the draft. So if you can gain picks or or high end prospects for Travis Konechny, who may not, who's a great player, but just may not fit in the long-term future, then why not move him now? 
And Travis Konechny right now makes five and a half million bucks. He's 26 years old. Um, and does he I, have a history of injury problems? Um, I know. I feel like when he was younger, he had injuries younger. I don't know for sure. That well, last year he had, he only played 60 games. So you, you might be, you might be right on this. Uh, last year he played 60 games, 31 goals, 61 points in yeah. 60 games. On Philadelphia, PD, PD, on Philadelphia. That's with no Logan Couture, Couturier, who was out the entire season. It's not Logan. It's still not Logan. That's the guy yeah. you played with, Logan Couture. It's who? <laughs> What's his name? What's his name? Couturier. Sean. Sean. There we go. God. Man, you can delete that one out, okay? Nope, but, nope, nope. Um, the year before that, PD he played seventy nine games, so a healthy season, sixteen goals, fifty two points. And the year before that, he played fifty games in a fifty six uh, uh, game season, had uh, eleven goals, thirty three point, thirty four points. He he's a really good player. The year before that, he played sixty six games, twenty four goals, sixty one points. Like he's he's a player. And you're getting him. You're getting him in his prime, and you're getting for you know a number of years in his prime. He he would just be. I I've said this before. He would be someone that would interest me a lot moving forward. Where would you put him if you brought him to the Sabers? Where does uh, he fit in your lineup? Well, I sent you just a fun little. A fun I didn't look at uh, it. roster. No I, well, I, I, I listen, wasn't in the mindset. He's a right winger. He's a right winger. Okay. He plays a smash mouth game. He's physical. He'll go to the net. He is going to be, and he's a, he's a talented hockey player. He scored 31 goals last year. He had a, he had over a point a game. Um, what I had in my mind was, uh, uh, you know, Casey Middlestad at the end of last year that played with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck. Casey Middlestad was on, on fire. He's the best player on the team. And I thought that, you know, giving him the opportunity to play with elite players, your Casey Middlestat is ready to explode in this lineup. You just need to put him with the right players and he will explode. My next line was Tage Thompson with Travis Konechny and Jordan Greenway. You're talking about an extremely big uh, uh, line that's going to be very difficult to play against. Just Keaton lost Greenway. the entire fan base, and really time contradicted yourself. This is something Van will bring up to you probably next time. So I talked about yesterday. What do you mean? You just said the other day to me that their top line is established, and you need to start. You asked me, you say, what's the Sabers' most important line, or what's the line with the big and qu biggest question? Currently, mark? right now, like, why are you breaking with, up the top have, what line? we have right Build now? The, why not Konechny and Cousins? Because I think Connect, Cousins I is think a smash Cousins, player too. and Quinn are going to be a fixture for a very long time. That is going to be a super dynamic line for a very long time. So I would keep those three players together. Middlestat, the way he played with Skinner and Tuck at the end of the year was absolutely fantastic. He elevated his game. He elevated the guys he played with. And I thought they were really very, very strong. And when you look at Tage Thompson, Tage Thompson has come into his own. He is an elite high-end centerman in this league and i think travis konechny will add to uh a, a tage thompson and 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 the way that they play and jordan greenway is is kind of like your dark horse he is really a dark horse type player if you can get him to come into camp in great shape confident and looking to make a really big stride in his career, I think that line could be incredible. Those lines, those three lines just alone will will win you. Will get you in the playoffs. There's absolutely I would like, I would no, like Travis no about Connectney it. on 
the Buffalo Sabres. I think any team that picks up a Travis Konechny is in good shape with a player like that. And he only makes five, five million bucks. Five, five. Uh, it makes oh, so five, I'm five. At, I'm looking at Joel Farabee's numbers. Sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. So he, well, Joel Farabee's at five as well, but I see fives everywhere. A lot of fives. Farabee makes five. Konechny makes five. My birthday's five, five. I mean, fives everywhere. You like that? I do. I don't like the idea of breaking up the top line. I don't okay. like that you're. I don't like that you're married to Paterka and Quinn with cousins. I, would I am. T- I, would, I am a hundred percent married to that right now. That is a. It's going to take one or two. One of those two guys. They're on their honeymoon, baby. It's going. They're to on their get, honeymoon. It's going to take one of those two guys involved in a deal to get him. But when you're talking about building a team like this, these salaries matter. And what you have to trade to get a player like this matters. Listen, I mean, Danny we have a Breer's first rounder. We have Savoy. a first rounder in, in in Rosa. We have a first rounder in in uh, Savoy. We have a first rounder in Ostland. We have a first rounder in Coolidge. You have a first rounder in Ben. I mean, son, Ben's son, Ben's son, Benson. And then there is there is players. A Peyton Krebs might be a a trade piece. A Victor Olofsson, who scored twenty eight goals last year, is possibly a trade piece. There There's is the money deal. There's the money. Now you're going to give them a little bit more because you're getting the best player in the deal. Right now, currently, when you make this trade, I don't, forget about what the prospects project to be. You are going to be getting the best player in the deal. Konechny is a 10 times better fucking hockey player than Victor Olison. Okay? Hockey player. Yep. I don't, care if, I don't care if Konechny comes here and only scores 24 goals next year. What he else he brings to the table is more than just the points. He adds so much more than Victor Olvison does to the table. He adds so much more than a young, timid prospect might add to the table who's getting a sample in the NHL. This is a deal. This is a deal, I think, that Kevin Adams cannot afford to let slip away. You already have a right wing absent for the first couple months of the season. You have the luxury of sending that right winger to the minors, if need be. The point of the whole thing is the Sabres have the collateral to make a move like this to get a 26-year-old player, not a 32-year-old player, a 26-year-old player that's in his prime. Now you're going to have to pay for it, okay? But we have, like, do you do you think that Coolidge, Savoy, Benson, Rosen, Oslin, do you think that all these players are going to play in the uh, the Sabres roster? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We already have Paterka, Cousins, Quinn, Krebs. We already have a very young group of players. At some point, where is the time to elevate your team and still still be young at the same time, still be highly competitive. competitive. A, a Travis Konechny is kind of what this team needs. It's a jolt of agen- uh, adrenaline into this team that basically Kevin Adam br- brought back the entire forward group. Oh, I'm aware. And it's good or bad, I mean, but... The pause for little... dramatic effect because I'm well well aware of what the forward group is back here. And Travis Konechny is only Travis Kin- Johnny Moxham's only one man. Johnny Moxham's only one man. Konechny's only one guy. But it's a big difference. If you can move, I mean He's maybe one it's... guy on a team of ten players that are are very, very, very high end and young. Yeah. I think Travis Connecting would love to come to Buffalo and 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 play on happen to play in a situation here in Buffalo. I think he would fit so well. And I think Danny Briere is looking for assets. He's not looking for one player like Travis Connecting. He's looking for multiple assets that can turn into something. And we're we're the team to to go after a player like that. Now I know the only thing that makes me nervous about a player like him is Travis Konechny's twenty six years old. He's got two more years left on his contract at five five. He scored thirty one goals last year. He scored multiple twenty plus goal seasons. What is the contract that he's going to want on his next deal? That's what makes me uneasy because he'll be a seven million dollar player. Oh my god, no, 7.5. No, if he, well, you you think if he gets you look at the goals though, that was a that was a season that he had last year, and maybe it was a season because the team sucked and he was able to free wheel, but maybe in a more tight. Tighter system. Well, we're not a tight system here not in yet. Buffalo. Not this yet. is not a tight not system. Yet, but if they're good, this when, is when free the team, wheel and score as many goals uh, as possible. Well, when the team gets good and they start winning and they start making the playoffs, they will become a more well-rounded, all-around team. Yeah, smarter, smarter so defensively. Just maybe he'll more. have to sacrifice some of those points. I don't to, think he'll have to sacrifice. I okay. think he'll have more points. Look forward to seeing it. Like in. if you're if you're a number one defensive unit, like let's just say your number one line um is playing in a game, what line are He's you never putting? come close to 31 goals? Uh maybe 24 twice. Yeah, 24 twice and 81. That's seven off. But then he had 24 and 66. So that's the one year where he might have had the the he would have had to Easily get seven scored 30 plus. Yeah. I'll give him 30 that year. I won't give him thirty the next year. Can't give him thirty the really, year after this that. This is on a really bad team in 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 uh, in Philadelphia. There's there's a lot of uh, they're going in a different direction, and he might not be a player that they want to have long term. They might want to try and gain assets because they're building that thing. They're going to build it from scratch. And I'd be all for Travis Konechny. But you were just saying before we get out of here that the salary cap in a couple of years worries you. It, it worries me because you're you're going to be paying Skinner, Tuck, Thompson, Cousins on the forward line for for pretty good good amounts of money. Um, you're going to have to make a decision on Casey Middlestad. 
if Casey Middlestat has himself a year, he had 59 points last year. If he has 67 points next year, which is very possible for that hockey player, because he's going to become, he's coming into his own right now. You're going to have to pay him. You're also going to have to pay Paterka. You're also going to have to pay Quinn. And you do not know what kind of salary cap you're going to have for those players. And then you throw in a Konechny who is going to be making some, he's more established than the other players. He's going to be making a lot of money. He'll be up in, in, in the range of, if he has a really good year this year, he'll probably be re-signed and he's going to be in, you know, seven, eight plus million dollars a year. So last thing before we get out of here. So there's a book about the football stadium uh, in Orchard Park. And I don't know what it's what it's called. Growing up, it was uh, Rich Stadium. Then it was Ralph Wilson Stadium. It's been New Era Stadium. It's been Highmark. Is it still Highmark? No idea. I don't know. I think it's Highmark still. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so our friend of the show, Tim Connolly, just sent me a screenshot of the cover of this book called Nowhere Else You'd Rather Be. 50 Years of the Cherished Comebacks, Concerts, Classic Moments in Orchard Park. And on the cover is Ralph Wilson in a black and white photo throwing a football. Jim Kelly about to be tackled throwing a football against the Miami Dolphins. Mick Jagger, Josh Allen, and then Ryan Miller walking out for the Winter Classic. I walked out right behind Ryan for five years that we played together. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and look at this. I managed to squeeze into the cover of the book. Look at this. <laughs> right behind him. You got all, all these. So I said to Tim, yep, I knew walking out behind Millsy would finally pay off. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.